0: You're listening to Elk Point Baptist Church. Subscribe to our podcast to hear every sermon and like us on Facebook by searching Elk Point Baptist Church, located in Elk Point, South Dakota. So, if you have your Bibles this morning, turn to the book of 2 Corinthians, if you would, with me. Book of 2 Corinthians, you got to take it to you. Man, I was so excited to listen to the kids sing, I forgot to get my stuff together. And let me tell you something, too. That, that scripture memory, that is not just for kids, amen? That is something that, uh, that we all need to learn to incorporate into our lives. Uh, now, I wonder this morning, are there any sinners among us today? Anybody? Any sinners among us? All right, well, y'all get out of here. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, we're all sinners, Amen. For all of sin and come short of the glory of God. Now, how do you know if you're a sinner? That sounds harsh, doesn't it? We don't like that terminology, sinner. But how do you know if you're a sinner? You're born, amen, that's a good one, you're breathing. Uh, but you know you're a sinner because you sin, you violate God's holy law. Now, you know, I meet people and they say, well, yeah, I mean, I guess technically I'm a sinner, but my sins are not that bad you know I've got these small sins Uh, but you know I thought about it this way what do you call a tree that has apples that grow on it an apple tree right now what what about though if in comparison there's another tree that in comparison to the first tree we mentioned is a lot bigger and grows a lot more apples and a lot bigger apples what does that do to that first tree that grows apples does it change the nature of the other tree? It's still an apple tree. And the point I'm just simply trying to make is this. We're all sinners, and you can try to, we can try to put sin on these scales if you want to, but the fact of the matter is sin is sin in the eyes of God. Now, uh, the difference is, if you leave out of here this morning, and by the way, for those who drive in from out of town, if you haven't learned it already, go the speed limit when you're in Elk Point. I mean, once you get out of town, do you, 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 that's your business. But I can just tell you right now, if you go over the speed limit by very much uh, in Elk Point, I remember when I very first moved here, I got pulled over for doing 31 in the 25. And, uh, and I can remember the officer who's no longer one of the officers here, but he come up and he said, just remember, you're carrying precious cargo. <laughs> Uh, you know because I was going 31 and a 25 as if it were reckless driving but the point is, is he did let me off with the warning because I was going 31 and a 25 now was I breaking the law? absolutely I was breaking the law the, 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 the limit is 25 miles an hour now there's a reason he did not haul me off to jail now if I would have been blazing down Main Street going 60 miles an hour I'd have been breaking the law just the same however he probably would have treated me a little bit differently And the results have been a lot different. Breaking the law either way, but there are different penalties for breaking the law. But the fact of the matter is, is that we are all sinners. The Bible says, uh, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. My question is just simply this. It's not whether or not we're sinners. I hope I don't have to convince you of that. The real question is, what do you do about it after you sin? We're all sinners. The message today is bouncing back after a fall. Bouncing back after a fall. See, your your life will never be be, be the successful, fruitful, and joyous life that I'm telling you today. God wants you to have a successful, fruitful, joyous life of peace today. That's what God has for you. But you will never live that life if you don't learn to bounce back after a fall. If you don't learn how to deal with your sin in a biblical manner. Bouncing back after a fall. See, the fact of the matter is is that every man is created to have intimate fellowship with his creator. And if you're not saved today, if you ever wonder what you're missing, if you think that it's somewhere in this world or somewhere in wealth, or if it's somewhere in some you know, indulgence of the flesh and partying. Folks, I'm telling you right now, there's only one thing that will ever fill that void, and it is a relationship with your Creator. But now this message goes not only to those who are unsaved, but maybe especially to those who uh, are saved this morning, to those who aren't as well as those who are. Now, so we are created to have a close, close intimate relationship with God. But the problem is, The Bible says in Isaiah 59, verses 1 and 2, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened, that it cannot save, neither his ear heavy, that it cannot hear, but your iniquities, speaking of another word for sin, your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. So here's the problem. Now, who who among us were the sinners again? All of us. Uh, we all sin. So not only are we sinners because of what we've done in the past, but has anybody sinned lately? Will you stand up and confess it, please? No, I'm just teasing. You listen. We sin, right? We we just like an apple tree is going to yield apples, we yield sin. Now, the Bible nowhere teaches sinless perfection. So the bible never says that we'll be sinless until we get to heaven however as god's people we can sin less right we should sin less maybe not be sinless but sin less in other words we don't have to yield as much sin uh, out of our lives see people deal with sin in different ways the self-righteous like to cover their sin they come to church they keep the rules they check the boxes They try to put on a nice facade. They try to be good to people. A lot of times, uh, self-righteous people cover their sin. The wicked justify their sin. The ungodly excuse their sin. The defeated accept their sin. But the victorious and successful confess and forsake it. Folks, the way to victory and success when it comes to sin, is to bounce back. It is to confess and forsake it. Don't cover it. Don't justify it. You ever sinned and justified it? Well, you know, I mean, this is just... I mean, God understands. We justify it. We excuse it. We we accept it. But none of these are biblical ways to deal with sin in our lives. So the biblical word for... uh, Uh, for forsaking for confessing and forsaking our sin is the word repent and i don't know what images come to your mind when i say the word repent but the bible says repentance is a change of mind that results in a change of action and this this has been the means of forgiveness and reconciliation ever since the garden of eden See, because Adam and Eve got in their minds after they sinned, they thought to themselves, we're going to go cover ourselves and hide. But when God came out, they changed their minds. When God said, where are you, Adam? They said, you know what, we're we're going to quit hiding. We're going to come out and say, here I am. And we're going to start off by blaming everybody else for our sin. But ultimately, repentance. See, repentance is a change of mind that, that goes to a change of heart that causes a change of actions. There are some of you sitting among us right now that this morning you are deliberating whether or not to come to church. Some of you maybe, maybe even decided, you know what, I don't think I'm going to go today. But now, you repented. You changed your mind. You know how I can tell you changed your mind? Because you're here. Now, what about somebody that's sitting at home that says, you know what, I think I am going to church today, but they're still sitting at home. Well, they didn't repent, see, because it's a change of mind, and a change of mind just automatically causes a change of actions, uh, so that's repentance, So, the, the, but, and that's the way to success, folks, that's the biblical way to deal with our sin, victory over sin begins mentally, in other words, you've got to think right about your sin, you've got to think right about your sin, that's what I'm going to try to help us do today. Think right about your sin. Number two, then spiritually. You said, does it really start with my mind instead of with my spirit? Yes, because the way you think is where it all starts. That's the supreme battlefield, folks. So think about it. Think rightly about it. Number two, spiritually, that means to respond right to it. So you've got to think right about it, respond right to it spiritually, then emotionally you can feel right without it. Now what's really on my heart today is the difference between repentance and regret. And really, more specifically, the difference between repentance and penance. Repentance and penance. Now, there's some of you, especially if you're perhaps from a Roman Catholic or even Orthodox, or uh, what kind of background you're from, when I say penance, there may be things that rush to your mind right away, to where there's others among you that may be saying, now what is penance again? Um, But I'll tell you, there's a difference between penance and repentance. And the two can be confused, and they often are confused. They sound similar. But that's about where the comparison uh, ends and the contrast begins. Um, The message today is how to bounce back after a fall. Bouncing back after a fall is repentance. Okay, so again, how many sinners among us? All. How many have sinned? All. All. What do you do when you, when, when you come face to face and you need to get right with God? You know you need to get things right about your sin. The question is, what do you do then? Because I'm afraid there's a lot of people, even people that are saved by the grace of God, that kind of do a form of penance instead of true repentance. So how to bounce back? This is what true biblical repentance looks like, okay? Bouncing back after a fall. That didn't bounce too much. How about this one? I like that better. All right, that's how some of us bounce, amen. But bouncing back after a fall, all right. So, so here's what repentance is, man. I've sinned, but praise God, God has provided the way of forgiveness. I can get things right. Bounce back. All right, here's penance. Mm. Oh my gosh. Sorry, Miss Jean. Her first day back, and I was hit her in the, head, in the face with the ball. I was just checking your reflexes. They were good. That's <laughs> all the illustration gone bad, amen? <laughs> My point is, whoo, I just about got fired right there, man. God help me. Uh, the point is, there's one thing to bounce back, but there's another thing to go down, and when we get down, step on it, squish it, push it down, hold it down, and Kick it, nobody really responded. All right, I was trying to trick you, but bouncing back after a fall. Repentance and penance. And I want to try to illustrate that to you from the scripture today. Uh, I I should have told you my text verse today is going to be in 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 9 and 10. Read those with me, if you would, please. 2 Corinthians chapter number 7. And for context, let's go to verse number 8. Now, if this is 2 Corinthians, what does that logically lead you to conclude? There must be a 1 Corinthians, amen? And if you read 1 Corinthians, you'll find out, man, you talk about a church that was in a mess. Paul wrote and had to rebuke these people because they were so immoral, so goofed up, they were in a bad place. Well, praise God, they responded to Paul's letter by getting right with God. Uh, But, um, well, we'll read exactly what happened. And notice what the Bible says 2 Corinthians 7, verse 8. For though I made you sorry with a letter, that's 1 Corinthians, I do not repent, though I did repent, for I perceived that the same epistle made you sorry, though it were but for a season. All right? So now, verse number 9. Now I rejoice, not that you were made sorry. But that you were made sorry. Now listen to this closely. This is the message. This will help you. This will change your life. This will help you to bounce back. That you were made godly, that you were made sorry after a godly manner, that you might receive damage by, noth- by us in nothing. For godly sorrow, if you got a pen or a marker, highlight that, underline it, circle it. For godly sorrow worketh repentance to salvation not to be repented of but the sorrow of the world worketh death worketh death so he says there's a difference between these sorrows this grieving this whatever it may be and so what does it mean to biblically bounce back when we fall now as as nouns the difference between repentance and penance is this the con- repentance is the condition of being penitent, uh, penitent. While penance is a voluntary, self-imposed punishment for a sinful act or wrongdoing, it may be intended to serve as reparation for the act. Okay, so a, a verb for penance is to punish. So penance is a voluntary self-imposed punishment for a sinful act uh, or to punish. That's what penance is. The older meaning of penance, I'll just give you this quickly, the older meaning of penance uh, was to do something to show sorrow for the wrongdoing and doing something to atone for sin. Self-inflicted punishment uh, in expiation for sin. Thus it came to be, righteousness by works in the Greek and Roman Catholic churches as also in some heathen religions confession is made to a priest the priest prescribes the punishment the penitent undergoes the punishment or inflicts it on himself sometimes over a long period of time then returns to the priest for absolution and then goes free from his sin now I just had to give you that because that's that's kind of how it fits into the religious world, to where you wouldn't think that applies to what that part applies to us too much. But that's the idea. To where repentance is a change of mind that's synonymous with a change of heart that results in instant forgiveness. Instant forgiveness. Instant forgiveness and reconciliation. When this is experienced, a change in deeds and life follows. And just to give you an idea, uh, penance, especially in the older times and in some other countries as well, penance that would be issued by a priest in the Catholic Church, it could be something like Martin Luther would do. For penance, he would crawl up and down uh, these stone, uh, rocky stairs on his knees. Up and down and up and down for penance. There's some people say, maybe. Some of you read uh, the Scarlet Letter, and you may remember uh, those that would inflict themselves and beat themselves. That's penance. You did something wrong. You beat yourself. Uh, you know, there's uh, there's some that I, I saw recently where somebody that, that, that they'd put dried, you know, uh, uncooked rice down on a hard floor, and then calls uh, children to get down on their knees on that uh, rice and say so many Hail, Hail Marys and Our Fathers while they were down on their knees, making Penance. Now you say, that doesn't really apply to us that much, does it? Well, I think it does in a sense, and, and I want you to just bear with me for a minute. Repentance is a change of mind versus penance being more of a punishment. Now, in the verses that we just read out of 2 Corinthians, we find out that sorrow, the Bible calls it sorrow, we would call it remorse, is the catalyst for both. Uh, remorse is identified as a gnawing distress arising from a sense of guilt for past wrongs. I think that's a pretty good definition for regret. A gnawing distress arising from a sense of guilt from past wrongs. Anybody ever had that? Anybody had that regret? Uh, Have that remorse? See, we learn, though, in this passage, there's two types of remorse. Remorse. There's a remorse that leads to repentance and salvation, while the other leads to death and destruction. Look at verse 10 of 2 Corinthians 7 once again. For godly sorrow worketh repentance to salvation, not to be repented of, but the sorrow of the world worketh death. Now the thing you need to understand about what the true definition of death is, whether it be spiritual death or physical death, the the definition of death is really separation. Now, do you remember what the verse said there in Isaiah that we read earlier? That it's your sins that have separated between you and your God? See, we're not really accomplishing anything because if I have sinned, that sin has brought separation. Now I'm made aware of my sin. If I have a, an attitude of penance, what I'm going to do is I'm going to punish myself. I'm going to have this worldly sorrow, as it calls it. And he says the result of that is death it's separation, not reconciliation not reconciliation. And I just want to give you a few features here this morning of uh, penance versus repentance. Here's one thing I want you to understand about penance right away is penance feels right. (laughs) Penance feels so right, but it's so wrong. Now, you just hold on a second. Something in man feels justified when he can take the abuse. When he can take the abuse. It is akin to a work salvation. But see, just how the Bible says in regards to salvation, that salvation is not of works, lest any man should boast. I would say that repentance is not by beating myself up, lest any man should sulk, whine, and complain. I want to give you my heart today. You want to know where this message comes from? It comes from personal experience. It comes from me Just literally, I think it was two weeks ago, I was down praying for you and and going through my prayer list and calling you each out by name, and and I I was talking to the Lord. But in the midst of all that, or probably before that, I was praying and I I was confessing to God my sins. I was trying to bounce back. I was trying to bounce back. I I had sinned, uh, and I'm not talking about going off into gross sin, but I'm just talking about I was having to just confess sin as I went before God. And as I did, I found, you know what I found myself doing? Whining. Beating myself up. Oh, God, I'm so sorry. I'm just, no, oh, no good, this and that. God, I'm so bad, and I'm so horrible, and I'm not doing any better. In other words, I'm just, I mean, just. Now, there's a lot of problems with this, the the least of which is not what God really convicted me of because it's almost like God spoke to me right there. When I say God spoke to me, it wasn't audible, but it was just in my heart and in my mind. And it's just like, what is this? What is this? You're down here whining and complaining, and you're going to find this out in a minute, but you're down here whining and complaining, and in a sense, it's almost like you're making excuses. You're acting like a victim of your sin. You're acting like a victim of your decisions, whether my decision to do or my decisions not to do. Because sin is not only what we decide to do, sin can also be what we decide not to do. You're just being a victim right now. All you're going to do is you're going to get down here and you're going to flog your back, tip of, you know, not, not, not literally, and you're going to beat yourself and you're going to drag yourself and then you're going to get up from here and nothing's going to change. God convicted me of this, and that's where the Lord just led me to try to work on this message. It feels right. It feels right. And so I'll get more, say, say more. So penance feels right, but it's so wrong. Number two, penance has the wrong focus. Now, in penance, with the attitude that I was talking about, with that type of attitude, who was the focus on? Me and you. Oh, me. Oh, gosh. You know, just on and on. The focus is selfish, it's self-centered. However, the repentant sees sin as something done to God. Repentance is seeing something, God, I have wronged you, and I need to get things right with you. So it looks to God and understands that there's a means to be made right. But what penance does is honestly, it, we see it as something done to us. Penance keeps the sinner focused on what he or she is Feeling and seeing within themselves. Now, does the Bible say that the just shall live by his feelings? Or without feelings, it's impossible to please God? But so what we're doing is we're looking to ourselves, number one. Number two, we're looking to our feelings. And so we are feeling bad, so we're kind of just beating ourselves up. Uh, But see, but it's it's it makes repentance. Uh, if you're doing it this way, it makes it man-centered instead of God-centered. Although displeasure of sin and remorse is present, the the person doing penance can love every bit of it and even find a perverse pleasure in the guilty misery it brings. We find some sort of fulfillment, and you say, preacher, I don't think I do. Maybe you don't, but there's a lot of people that find some kind of fulfillment in beating myself up. Why? I deserve it. I deserve it. And so we have this this penance attitude, okay? So it it feels right, but it's so wrong, number one. Number two, it's the wrong focus. Number three, this is really important, it's the wrong God. Wrong God. Wrong God. See, a penance mentality reveals a warped picture of God. It's the God of the heathen that, that require penance. It, it's the God of the heathen that required that you are punished and you pay some price for this which you have done. Now, hold on a second. God requires that too, but there's something about my God. My God requires it, but my God also paid for it. When did he do that? On the cross of Calvary so my god I'm a child of God I'm saved by God's grace I don't have to be punished for my sin in that way he was punished for my sin now I need to feel I may feel guilty I may feel sorrowful there's a godly sorrow but it should lead me to repentance it should lead me to bounce back not to stay down but so it's the wrong God our God does not do that so it gives a warped picture of our God and it presents a misunderstanding of Scripture I like this, what the Bible says in Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. The context of that verse, folks, is judgment. The context of that verse is because of your sin, there's consequences. You're going to Babylon, he's telling the children of Israel. But he says, I want you to understand something. Although there's consequences for sin and there is, he's like, I want you to know what my heart is. My heart, my thoughts for you are peace. My thoughts for you is there's an expected end, I've got a plan for your life. Amen? God, he's not trying to just uh, make us take our uh, punishment so that we can pay for our sin, he's already paid for our sin. I'm not saying there's not consequences to sin. Don't, don't misunderstand me. I'm just simply saying that we do not pay for our sins and become an atone for our sins for, uh, by beating ourselves up or hurting ourselves. So it's the wrong God. It's the wrong means. Penance can be defined as man's effort to save himself by his own suffering. With penance, we take the abuse. Again, it's all about us. But with re- repentance, repentance, we accept the abuse that he's already taken. We accept the, rebu- the abuse that he's already taken. So it's the wrong means. Ephesians 2.16 says, he th- And that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby. He might reconcile, bring us together, Jew and Gentile, into God by the cross. Reconciliation has been provided through the cross, not through ourselves. Penance has the wrong result. We read there in verse 10 of 2 Corinthians 7, the Bible says it worketh death. Now, this is important. Satan wants to use, Satan wants to use uh, your sin, your guilt, your remorse to defeat you. Again, just remind me, anybody here sin? Every one of us. All right? Satan wants to use that sin, our remorse, our guilt, which is what we, what we have, what we need to have. It's a, but do we have a godly sorrow or is it a worldly sorrow? We don't realize that we kind of hit a crossroads here when we feel guilt and remorse. Satan wants to use it to defeat you. Satan wants to use it to ultimately to destroy you to destroy your home, to destroy your life, to destroy, again, this goal, the expected end that God has for you. Satan wants to turn that uh, remorse and that guilt into defeat and into destruction. Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. See, but God wants to use our guilt and our remorse when we sin. He wants to use that not to defeat us, not to destroy us. God wants to use it so that He can deliver us. In other words, bounce back, amen? That's what God wants to see. How to bounce back after a fall. Now, worketh death. Can you think of anyone in the Bible that had an ungodly or a worldly type of sorrow, I can think of a man by the name of Judas. Judas Iscariot, in Matthew 27, verse 3, after he had betrayed the Lord, he brought back the 30 pieces of silver. He was sad. He was sorrowful. He was broken up. But his problem was he did not have a godly and a goodly type of repentance. His repentance was a worldly repentance and a worldly regret. How do we know that? Because his penance, his repentance ended up being penance because he went out and hanged himself. He was sorrowful. He was guilty. But instead of being delivered, he was defeated and he was destroyed. That's, what, that's an example of what worldly sorrow does, an extreme example. However, the Apostle Paul said, I delight in the law of God after the inward man. See, penance may have a change of action and even be sorrowful, but the results are inward, listen to this, inward bondage, guilt, grief, and destruction. You've sinned. All right, so there you go. You go down. Are are the results now, here you are, inward bondage, guilt, grief, and destruction? Anybody ever lived like this? I have. I've lived like this. I've sinned, I've come short of the glory of God, I've fallen, I'm now I'm sorrowful, I have regret, and I come to God and I say, Lord, God, I'm so sorry for my sin, please forgive me of my sin, I've sinned against you, please, uh, pl- pl- will you please cleanse me? I mean, everything is sounding right. Then I get up. Did it again. Can't believe I sinned, man. Can't believe I did that. again. Same old stuff. Dragging around my family and this down, man. Coming to church and how you doing? I'm fine. I'm fine. Fine. You know. And what, and what I can remember specifically I man. I can remember coming into church especially. Now for one thing. I don't even want to go to church now. I don't want to go to. I mean, am I, am I a hypocrite? That's what the devil says. You hypocrite, really? You're going to church now. Hypocrite. If that's what being a hypocrite is, look around. Because you've looked at. You look around. You look at. You look to your left. You look to your right. You're going to see some people that have sinned. This week. But but you, but you but I can remember specifically, number one, I remember specifically not wanting to go to church when I sinned and failed. But there's a problem with all this. Remember? Remember what I did just earlier? I went to God. I asked for forgiveness. I confessed my sin. So either I wouldn't go to church or now I go to church. Now listen, listen, Jen, imagine this. I'm in church and all of a sudden... Man, maybe somebody gets up and sings a song. Maybe the preacher gets to preaching. And man, all of a sudden something gets to stir in my heart. And, and for a moment I forget about how sorry and low down I am. You know, me. Because it's all about me now. And I'm beating myself up. And I kind of forget about that for a moment, because all of a sudden the preacher starts talking about the grace of God or the cross or some singer gets up and it stirs my soul. And I start kind of, I kind of start getting happy. But then I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I, I start bouncing back, and they're like, no, 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 no. You stay right there, buddy. You have no right to be up here. Don't you get happy. Don't you sing that song. Don't you raise your, don't you do it. You stay, nope, you stay right there. I've lived that way. All right? So... It has the wrong result. Uh, so penance, if you are living with inward bondage, guilt, grief, and destruction today, you have a worldly sorrow. You have a penance mentality, not a repentance mentality. This terrible cycle produces a penance that leaves the sinner feeling guilty and powerless. Does that describe you? Guilty. Powerless. Powerless. Instead of experiencing the joy heaven feels over one sinner that repents. This counterfeit uh, repentance brings bondage. If this is how you look after you repent, you've got the wrong idea. The penance mentality results in being a victim and a failure. Victim mentality results in defeatism. I've already gone through that. I'm so bad. I'm so sorry. I just can't get it right. Oh, me, 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 and me, and how bad I am. I do doing, pray. I'm a terrible person. That's how I'm doing. I'm a failure as a father. I'm sorry and low down. I'm ate up with lust or pride or greed or envy or worry or whatever else. That's how I'm doing. How am I doing? What do you think? See, victimology is a built-in excuse to fail. We are victims of our sinful nature. I just can't do it, preacher. I'm not like you. You're not like me. You're better than me. You don't know me. See, it it results in this this built-in excuse to fail. Does this sound like what God wants from you, by the way? Did God know that you were a sinner when he saved you, or does that, did that just throw him off big time? Do you think that honestly God saved you and honestly and you've been saved a while and then you messed up and God is like, oh my wish I didn't see this in the fine print? No, God knows that. Listen, He not have this is what He has to work with, people. This is what He has to work with. So God knows. But see, once you succumb to that idea, you adopt the fact that you're a victim, your life is over. You don't have to accomplish anything because you've just told yourself that you can't. It's one of the greatest concessions a human being can ever make in life. This is spiritually. This is in every realm of life. I'm a victim. I'm a victim of my sin. I'm a victim of my old nature. You probably can't, you, you'll never find the peace and the joy that God has for you. You'll have to be in pretty much a constant state of misery once you acknowledge that you're a victim. Anybody ever lived there? Constant state of misery. Some of you just live there. Some of you, that is your life. Constant state of misery. I mean, just, I'm a victim. Sin and failure, listen, should not define you. See, you let it define you. Oh, I have failed. That's who I am. No, okay. Here's the problem I got with that. Zach, 2 Corinthians chapter 10 tells me that I need to cast down any knowledge that tries to exalt itself against the knowledge of Christ. So I've got a problem with this whole thing about me being a failure. I've got a problem with this whole thought of me not being able to ever succeed or do anything because God told me The knowledge of Christ says, I'm more than a conqueror through Him. The Bible, the the, the knowledge of Christ says, I'm victorious. So, which am I going to believe? All right? So, a penance mentality is a red carpet to constant misery, constant unhappiness, and an excuse for the sorry state that you find yourself in. All right? Is this you? Somebody says, more than you know. Miss <laughs> Jean says, that would have been me if you'd have hit me in the head with that ball. Amen. <laughs> She'll get me for that one. Listen, is that you today? Uh, I mean, oh. But th- th- that's, the, that's the mentality we get through. So, do you? is this what you look like? You've sinned. Is this, you've responded. You've gone to God. I repent. I'm sorry. And then you still look like this. Or you still look like this? See, you need to get a different picture, okay? The Bible says in 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, it says that if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. See, something happens, people. Re- repentance is this. I sin. I feel terrible for it. I have remorse. I have guilt as well I should. I go to God in prayer. And I say, dear Lord, forgive me, I've sinned, I've, and, and, and I name it, by the way. I, I, you know, n- name the sin. Forgive me, cleanse me. I get up, now here's the problem. You, this, is where, this is where it happens, okay? How do I feel? I may not feel any different. But that's okay. Because I'm not living by feelings. Or at least, I mean, you can choose to, and I've chosen to. But I'm going to choose right now not to. Will you choose that? Because here's what you can do then. I get up. I say, Lord, forgive me. Preacher, how do you feel? Man, I feel terrible. But I'm forgiven. How do I know I'm forgiven? God told me so. He's, He's faithful and just to cleanse me. I'm clean. I'm happy. So now you know what I can do? I can jump up and down. Woo, man. I, can, I mean, I can get hyped. Why? I'm, I mean, I'm forgiven. What, what, preacher? No, no, no. Wait a second. You sin, man. You better keep that second. No, no, no. Yes, yes, yes. Back up, man. Hallelujah. So I don't care what I feel like. Faith says I'm forgiven. So I can jump up and say, woo, forgiven, cleansed. Amen. Again, I don't feel it, but I'll tell you, once I get to shouting and praising God a little bit, I start feeling it, by the way. See, what you need to understand, you, you tell me which is the bigger hypocrite. Which is the bigger hypocrite? The person that gets down here, asks God to forgive him, is forgiven, is cleansed, is set back in the right relationship with God, then goes around acting like this. Or, because... That's hypocritical. Why am I acting unforgiven? Why am I acting miserable? I'm a victorious person. It's hypocritical for me to live like that. So in other words, we ought not look like this, and we ought not look like this. We ought to look like this. I mean, you know what? Yes, I'm forgiven. Man, I fell, but God forgave me. Oh, but then you failed again. God forgave me again. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. What a blessing. Yeah. I mean, you serious? Yeah. Amen. Come on. So, so I can come in here and, man, I can praise God. I can be happy. Why? Because I'm victorious. I'm forgiven. You can bounce back. You got to do it by faith. Amen? So... That the, the biblical response uh, is focus on God and His promises. And i got to hurry here. you got to focus on God and His promises. Don't focus on yourself and your failure. Focus on God and His promises. See, forgiveness results in this. It results in a good, clean, clear conscience. Even to you sinners. Isaiah. The prodigal son. See, the prodigal son, he had a penance mentality, you remember? I'll just come back and be a servant. The father's like, no, 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 you're not. No siree. Man, you don't know. I mean, I'm putting the ring on your finger, hallelujah. I mean, I'm putting the robe on you. I mean, I might just get undignified and shout just here in a minute. I'm telling you. I'm putting, man, we're having a party. Somebody kill that calf, man. We're having steak tonight. I mean, we're grilling out steak. We're having a party tonight. The older son, man, he's like the devil. He's like the flesh. He's like our old nature. He's over there saying, dude, that guy was out there with harlots. He went out there and blew all your money. This dude really messed up royally. But God forgave him, amen? And so the father welcomed him in. David failed. God restored him and used him. uh, I mean, I think about in Luke 7, there was a woman that was a prostitute that heard about Jesus. She was full of regret. She was full of remorse. She was full of rejection. A prostitute. But she heard about Jesus, and she came to Jesus, and she wept at His feet in repentance with remorse. She She used her hair and dried His feet. I mean, just, it was amazing. And, I know, and you know what the Lord said to her? Right now, right now, listen to me. He says, go in peace. Thy faith hath saved thee. Thy faith has saved thee. Go in peace. See, that's bouncing back, people. She walked into that. She walked into the house where Jesus was at, a miserable, guilt-ridden prostitute. She walked out. Now, other people might have said, hey, how, what, what are you smiling about? Why do you seem so happy? Why do you seem so confident? Why do you seem, uh, and why are you being a part of this church thing now? We know who you really are. And she's like, oh, no, you don't. That's who I was, amen? But let me tell you what Jesus did for me. What are you going to believe? What are you going to do? Amen? Uh, Isaiah gives a great example of this. (laughs) And I'm just going to have to uh, maybe just tell you about this later. But I'm telling you, man, Isaiah in Isaiah 6 got a view of the Lord. He said, I'm undone. I'm a man of unclean lips. And when he said that and when he confessed and repented of his sins, the Bible says he was cleansed. He was a man of unclean lips. He was cleansed. So he sinned, people. But here's what God said to him. Okay? Now, you've confessed your sin. You've seen yourself. He said, I'm undone. I'm a mess. I feel so bad about who I am and my sin. But I love what the Lord says to him. Then God says this. You talk about bouncing back. You talk about bouncing back. I mean, not only did God say that uh, that I'm going to cleanse you, now God said, okay, who will go? Amen for us. There's a work to be done. And all in a matter of minutes, people, Isaiah repented of his sin, and God said, I've got a work for you to do, Isaiah. I've got a ministry for you. And you want to know something? You can bounce back today. And if you've been living with constant just guilt and misery, I'm begging you today. I'm begging you today. Quit holding yourself down. Bounce back. Believe what God said, amen. By faith. Live by faith. Quit living by your feelings. Quit looking at quit, oh, but you know, me, me, me. Quit looking at me, me, me. Get your eyes back on the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And you can look like that today. Amen.